0: What up, world? The past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond to listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers on the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And also on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks. If you haven't, subscribe today. Subscribe today. Like, you're, Listen, if you're a podcast listener, your phone is in your hand. Look at that phone. Go to YouTube. Search Locked On Blazers. Subscribe. Just go ahead and do it. We're getting to a thousand by Halloween, that's the goal. A thousand by Halloween, you can be part of the plan. Get on there. Today's episode is also a very, very special one. We are joined by my friend and yours, reporter for trailblazers.com and the host of Blazers' Balcony, none other than C. Hold himself, Casey Holdall. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Mike. How are, how are you? I, I thought
1: I would get like a fellow North Portlander mentioned there as well, you know, as we're. We're passing each other in uh, North Portland hotspots and uh, so hey, on. I and moved. So forth. I
0: actually moved to your neighborhood. I'm a Kenton denizen now. So we're, oh, so you're in Kenton now. We're true neighbors now. I we're, moved across what Lombard. I... I live just west of Kenton Park. I don't want to tell people in Park. Yeah, I, I, I was just... gonna
1: say I don't want to like get too deep into it, but just west of Kenton Park, man, I gotta. I I surely know what your house then. Like, I mean, right, I yeah. don't know that you live in it, but I guarantee if I saw it, I'd be like, oh yeah, I know that house. All right, I'll a, I'll, t- I'll be able to look at it. No, I'm gonna. I'm going to walk around that area now and try to figure out if I can figure out which house is yours.
0: All right. Well, um, no more clues yeah, <laughs> because this podcast is relatively popular. So I don't, um, I mean, I don't, I'm not afraid of you, dear no, listeners, no, but I, I, you know, like I live a life. Um, absolutely. The Blazers are one exhibition game in. They've, we've pl- they've played one fake game and maybe half of one fake game, depending on how you want to measure it. What were your just sort of initial broad reactions from one preseason game that lost to the Warriors on Monday?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say initially it was. Yeah, I, I can see some changes here, but also it looks like they've practiced for five days, right. Six days, and played a Warriors team that shot sixty-nine three-pointers. <laughs> like you, you can see the bones uh, of the changes they want to make, particularly on the defensive end. But I, other than like actually visually seeing it, I don't know that I would really have any whole a whole lot of other takeaways other than that. The, the one takeaway, I guess, I would say, I thought Anfernee looked great yeah. a, at the point. Uh, that was probably like my biggest like positive takeaway. I didn't really have a whole lot of negative takeaways. In fact, I I can't think of anything that was particularly like, oh boy, I feel like that's going to be a problem. But like from a positive perspective, I would say the way the ant played and just generally like, yeah, you can see that there's some differences here, but uh, it's obviously going to take a bit of
0: time. Yeah, let's let's spend a little time on Anfernee Simons. Uh, they, it was you know, listen. <laughs> we've heard Anthony Simons as point guard for several off seasons and it hasn't come to fruition, both because he was probably incapable of doing it and because the coaching staff didn't put him in that position. Seems like um, things have aligned. He looks better and the coaching staff is giving him those chances. Um, Like specifically what impressed you about ant as point guard?
1: Well, I think one, just that it looked like he was looking to get other guys involved because, you know, previously last season, you know, when ant gets the ball, it's like, he's coming off a screen and he's raising up and shooting like, and, and he was great at it. You know, yeah, he's so an elite like, shooter. He's an elite yeah. shooter. So it's so like, so like go ahead respect, and shoot it. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't fault him for it. Cause it's like, that's his most reputable marketable NBA skill right now. So why not lean into it? Yeah. Um, but I didn't, didn't ever really feel like you, you like saw him coming around picks and then like surveying the court to see like, okay, like, where's the guy at? What's the play? How can I get other guys involved? And it really did seem like in that first preseason game, that's what you saw. Like, it really seemed like he looked to get other guys involved first. Whereas before, I think it was more like, I think it was probably a passing thought. And then it's like, okay, now, now I'll get shot. And I felt like in that first game, it was like, no, he's maneuvering through these screens. He's threading the needle. He's throwing pocket passes. Like, he's really, he's not leaning into if the first play is there, I'm going to make it, but if not, then uh, I got to do what I got to do. And, and I think just that in and of itself, I think shows a level of maturity and growth for Anthony that we had not seen before. And uh, I think that you're exactly right, Mike. I think that, you know, part of it was that, you know, he, he probably wasn't ready to be a backup point guard on a good on playoff, a playoff team. NBA
0: team. Yeah. It's a big, exactly.
1: Enough. Like, like that's a, that's a lot. Like it's, it's the most difficult position to play. Yep. You know, you're coming off the bench. It's hard to get into a rhythm. You know, I, I think for Anthony as well, too, particularly early in last season, even middle last season, I feel like defensive every time he would come in would be like, OK, let's really get into Go this get guy. It. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think with some results that that, you know, probably worked out well for the defense, maybe not so much for Anthony. So I, I think for him to have that confidence to have put on some some bulk, I feel like, which is going to help him play that position as well. It's, you know, particularly when you're a backup, you're not going to get calls. So it's like if you're not able to take some some punishment and still be able to handle like. I'm going to have a tough go of it. So I, I think from a physical perspective, his body is is getting to the point where I feel like he can handle that load from a confidence perspective. I, I think that, you know, after him into this fourth season now, it feels like he's really kind of starting to, to recognize who he is as a player. And I, I think with the new coaching staff and being able to kind of reset the deck a little bit about expectations and assumptions about what I can and can't do, I think that, you know, you saw a guy that was like, okay, this is that next step that I think a lot of people thought Anthony was going to take last season. And again, from a, from a point guard perspective probably didn't happen, but I think at least in that first game, the really the initial bones of like, okay, no, this is, this is really a backup point guard, not a guy who we're trying to steal 10 minutes with while Damien's on the bench.
0: Yeah. I think some of it is like scoreboard watching uh, box score, watching people are like, Oh, six assists and no turnovers, but even just functionally, um if without the assists like Ant, uh a couple times came up pointed and said go Nurk, go set a screen there like set it away like go set a screen like a kind of more command of the offense even if the the assists don't pan out you just see it like you can just watch the command and i think one of the real curious things is starting plays with damian lord standing in the corner um something that has been pretty rare in the past where it's always dame with uh, you know, ten eyeballs on him coming across coming across midcourt. and dame in the corner is scary because um he's good. <laughs> and he uh, if you park him in the corner, he's going to get attention. And so you can move the ball away from him and whatever and and then you move dame off the ball a little bit. and he's um it really it opens things up. So uh, and as um you know, and with like even outside the effectiveness, just sort of like the bones, the structure of how it works, I think is really intriguing because it, it gives, it gives you some options that maybe didn't have last year. Um, And last couple of years, uh, it's been a big thing that they just sort of haven't had that secondary playmaker, or it's been only Dame and CJ. And it's like, now they seem to have whatever ant, come, you know, morphs into this year. Um, I wonder if, I kind of wonder where his offense will be with, um, with this, um, because so much of his offense was catch and shoot stuff. And yeah. I wonder what his offense will sort of grow into as a primary ball handler. I'm not like worried is not the right word, but I'm curious, whatever it be, what it becomes, because if he becomes a guy who, who can dribble into his own shot and set people up, he's a, that's a ball player. Like that's a, that's a threat.
1: Well, and I, I think that that's a great point too, because like, obviously Anthony is an incredibly athletic individual and you want to see him be able to use his athleticism to his advantage on the court. Sure. And, you know, while that's not to say the, that it doesn't take a certain amount of athleticism to come off a screen and shoot a three pointer, it's not, it's not what people kind of generally equate to like your athletics so you can get to the rim. Yeah. And so to, to answer your question, I, I think, you know, if he's able to navigate some of these picks and able to get to the mid range or even able to maybe turn the corner and get to the rim, like that opens up a, a part of Anthony's game that I think, you know, from a, again, from a physical perspective, he he's very well attuned to like Anthony at the rim, I, I think is a guy you want to see get to the rim, but he considering that he's always been more comfortable kind of shooting from outside, like you just haven't seen it so much. So to, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I think it does open up the opportunity as he develops those skills. To become a more dynamic offensive player in terms of scoring, because I think, you know, if he's able to actually get to different places on the court with without kind of a guy right into his gut, then I think that allows him to utilize that athleticism that. I maybe doesn't get utilized as much as you would like to see as of right now so I, I do think that you know the opportunity for maybe getting into the into the paint maybe taking some more mid-range shots which you know i don't know exactly kind of what the opinion of hey if, is, they the in, if they go it, in exactly. it's a good shot they go Analytics I mean, be damned you, you got cj there already who, who who's the the mid-range guy but you know, I think that that, that has some opportunities there. And, and what you mentioned just a minute ago, Mike, about kind of Damian in the corner, you know, I've felt like for a couple, past couple of seasons, I guess I'd have to go back and look at last season specifically. But, you know, the Blazers, despite being a pretty good three-point shooting team, have not been a team that's really hunted corner threes all that much.
0: Yeah, they were uh, one of the bottom I, of the league one, last, one the last season. One at least. And I
1: remember yeah. it, it's been a couple of years now, but I, I wrote a story at some point in time that was like Damian basically never gets corner threes, which is supposedly the easiest three-pointer to make. So if you have a guy in Anthony who's able to draw some of that attention and then kick the guys like Damian and CJ, who typically don't get as many corner threes. CJ gets, I think CJ gets a fair amount of corners, Damian hardly gets any. Yeah, Damian
0: basically didn't shoot any last Basically
1: year. none, exactly. Yeah. So like if you're able to unlock that as well, like that, again, that that gives you a, a level of, of kind of ability to stretch defenses that I, I maybe we haven't seen so much. And particularly with Damian, like if you're able to get him some three-point shots that he's not having to fight tooth and nail to get like that, that obviously has really strong, you know, downstream repercussions as the season goes on. So, I mean, I I think we've all thought for a couple of seasons now that like, if Anthony can pop, like this team can be a better team than I think maybe a lot of people think that they are. And, And, you know, for people who watch the team closely, that makes sense. You know, if you're national, I wouldn't expect you to have a detailed understanding of who Anthony Simons is or what it's going to mean for the, to the team. If he's hey, a dunk, able to dunk make,
0: contest champion. Okay.
1: Exactly. Dunk contest, Anthony Simons. So, you know, I, I think that that really, that's been kind of the thing that I would say for the past two seasons has been like, this is, you don't want to put it on a kid, but it's almost a make or break. Like if he, if he can be a quality rotation player in the NBA, like that opens up a lot of things for the Blazers. If not, you start looking at the rest of the lineup and you're like, I don't know how how much more we can expect from some of these guys in terms of being able to fill these roles that we really need to fill. And backup point guard is one of those roles that I think has been a, an area of deficiency for the past couple of seasons. And if Anthony can be that guy, I mean, that, that really changes things for this.
0: Team. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it is a, he's the biggest, maybe the biggest swing player on the roster. Yeah. Oh, it can I, be
1: I would say episode two.
0: If, if he can be, if, They can be good without Ant taking a step forward, but they cannot be great. And they cannot—they can't really—they could be very similar to what they were last year. Uh, Just a darn good playoff team if Anthony Simons is the exact same player as he was last year. But if—if this is the year you take a step with, you know, a little bit better parts and all those things, Ant has to take a step with him, and he's and, and he has to take a step. And I think he has the opportunity. And I think the the I will say early returns on this, but like Chauncey Billups saying, you're the, you're the initiator and then giving him those initiator reps. Like that helps, that helps guys to be like, here's your role. Here's what you're going to do. And then when you go out on the court, you do it. It's not just, it's not just lip service. It's like functionally this helps us go do it. Um, I think there's some real value there. Uh, and the but, other part of that too is, you know, and this
1: has been something that's been talked about a little bit in training camp is Chauncey coming in saying, you know, like I want to limit Damien and CJ's minutes if I can and you know what that really means from a functional perspective is cj you're going to be playing less backup point guard right and i think that can be a difficult thing to to tell a player too i mean when cj was asked about it he was basically like i don't know that's that's the that's the coaching that's the coach's decision yeah. but like i like playing minutes you know yeah, I think and think he basically, said
0: specifically i don't want to play less minutes yeah which,
1: the sub and, and if yeah exactly i don't even think it was subtext it was more yeah. like well, no, I want to be out there. And he was basically like, yeah, if we're up 25, then great. But if not, like, I want to be out there. And so when you have a new coaching staff come in, it kind of resets that deck a little bit. And it's like, well, we want to get Anthony these minutes. And one of the ways to do that is to give him backup point guard minutes. And CJ has functionally been the backup point guard for this team for the last five, six seasons. That's, if we want to to give Anthony this chance. If he really is our backup point guard, which is what Neil O'Shea said at the beginning of last season, he's going to have to be able to play backup point guard. You got to give him those minutes. Like you can't put him on the floor with CJ, have CJ handle the ball and say that Anthony is their backup point guard. Like, so, so that's another part of the coaching too, where it's like for Anthony to take that step forward. I think you're exactly right. I think Chauncey kind of does give him some confidence, but then also the confidence that comes with like, Hey, they are going to give you these minutes. And Maybe CJ is not going to like it so much, but you know, he's going to be fine with it and we're going to stick with it. We're actually going to give it a real college try, which I don't think that you can say the team really did last season and particularly season before that.
0: Right. For sure. Uh,
1: and you know, maybe, and not for necessarily no reason, you know, like uh, the skills might not have been there yet, but I mean, totally at this point, and to your point, like if you're not going to do it, there, there's only so far this team can go.
0: Yeah. Um every time this is his extension eligible you think he gets a contract extension if you just had to guess
1: if i had to guess yes um i mean just because of how how much i how well thought of he is in the organization like i i i guess it also depends on kind of what the number is but right. uh, obviously but, it's, but it's yeah it's, but I, I would imagine that that will not get to a point where he hits the market that that yeah. would be my assumption
0: yeah I, if i had to guess i don't think he would sign a extension i think the deadline is october 18th for rookies Um, for guys on his, you know, year four entering the last year rookie contract. I I bet he doesn't, if I had to guess, because um, they haven't in the past. And also, Ant doesn't have a body of work that would allow him to get the bag. And with all due respect, that's what these guys are after. Yeah. (laughs) Aren't we all? Um, So I agree with you. He's, I think if he won't hit the market, he'll be a restricted free agent and they'll pay him in the summer. But if I had to sort of guess in the next two weeks, if he gets an extension, I'd say, Probably not the only two guys Neil's extended in his time off of their rookie deals, Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard, Sr. And Christian James McCollum, uh, those dudes better than Ant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. Like it. And, and at this point too, it's probably both parties are probably like, you know what? Like,
0: Oh yeah. Ant doesn't have the, much incentive. Yeah, the, just...
1: Exactly. I got, I, I don't know who, I mean, I guess the Blazers you get locked in for something real, right. real low would be like, well, of course we want to do that. But I don't think there's really a, a concern there that like, Oh, we might lose Anthony. And right. I, and I think from Anthony's camp as well, it's probably like, we, we can see where this is going and we, we feel, we feel good about it. And why don't, we, why don't we see what it is is first Exactly.
0: Chance to make a bunch of money over the next six months, like a bigger role, better player than he was like, this is, this is a, it's, um, it might make, it might make sense for both sides to just go ahead and wait. Um, unless, unless he's going to agree to like four for 20. Um, yeah, and then, exactly. And then it's, yeah, and then you have just try, get, to get that, yeah, try to get, get that na- name on the Get, paper, get him a pen exactly. in his hand. Yeah, exactly. 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 Let's come back in the second segment and talk a little bit more about what we saw. I want to talk about the defense uh, and uh, a couple other things from the Blazers' first exhibition game. But first, let's talk about sweat block. Sweatblock is the number one selling product on Amazon.com right now in the antiperspirant category. It is proven to be more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. And Sweatblock wipes could be the solution you need if you or someone you love is a heavy perspirer. Here's how it works. You simply, before you go to bed, wipe it on your underarms or wherever, you're gonna, wherever you might sweat the next day. Then wake up, take a shower, and go about your day with confidence. Guaranteed. In fact, Sweatblock is so confident in their product... They're giving you the dry shirt guarantee. If it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's as simple as that. This could give you the confidence that you need or the freedom to wear what you want without worrying, but you don't have to take my word for it. This product has over 13,000 reviews on Amazon. So there are literally thousands of people that vouch for SweatBlock. So if this sounds like something you need or something that, um, something could be a solution for you or someone in your family, go over to SweatBlock.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you at 20% off your order. It's also available at Amazon and at your local CVS. All right. Still chatting here with Casey Holdall, trailblazers.com, and the host of Blazers Balcony, a uh, Blazers podcast. He does he hosts with Brooke Olsendam. You can find wherever you get podcasts. Um, Casey, we talked a lot about Anthony Simons. I think the most intriguing part of the first game of the first exhibition game of the season uh the other thing that was different was the defense looked looked different um what wasn't very good like just i'll put a i'll put a point on that bad boy it, it wasn't very good but it looked different um results aside what did you think about sort of the new look or what it what was kind of your impressions of it
1: i i, I liked it i i think it's smart I, I think obviously you've you've gone as far as you can go with that drop coverage you know right. like like i i think that you know, even if you're like, well, maybe they don't have the personnel to play a more aggressive style of defense. It's almost like, look, like you got to try and -hmm. and the results, the results will be better playing a bad form of an aggressive style of defense than a good form of a real kind of vanilla defense. And and particularly I think the players had shown that even their best at a kind of more conservative defense was not very good. Well, it's like,
0: if you're, if you're not going to force turnovers, and also give up a bunch of threes and a bunch of looks at the rim. The conservative defense isn't paying off, No. right? Like it, the whole point is like we don't force turnovers, but we don't give up rim looks. And the Blazers, they gave up everything. They were bad yeah. at all of it. So and, and it
1: just, was like, like well, we, we want to try to force you into mid range shots. Like well, no one's taking mid range shots anymore. No, so like the, right past they, exactly. They'll work around that.
0: Yeah. So it's like now it's like, say the same results. You're bad perimeter defense and you give up looks at the rim well hey maybe the trade-off is you force some more turnovers so it's like you can get out and run or you can at least prevent some stuff so i think even if it's the exact same results personnel wise um, i'm with you i agree like i I think it's a smart idea to try it because getting some steals would be really valuable and i think you know one it it is asking a lot of nerd but it
1: sounds like that's what he wants to do though absolutely so like if you have a guy that's like this is the way i want to play at least if nothing else and and if it doesn't work or if he's having struggles with it, it's like, Hey man, like this is what you wanted to do. And I I think that if you're going to have, if it's still going to be difficult, it's at least better for it to be difficult and it being something that player wants to do. Yep. So like before it's like, you got Nerk playing drop, he's getting scored on, he's pissed off about it because he's sick of of people scoring on him and it's not working. So it's like, you're not, you're not really getting anything out out of that situation. So if you have Nurk who, who is going to be higher up. And again, that's going to require a lot of him to get back into the paint. Uh, I think we have seen a a slimmed down Nurk. So I I think that, you know, at least from a physical perspective, uh, I think it's, it's possible. I I thought it was interesting, you know, in the first couple of days of practice that uh, when Chauncey Billups was asked about Nurkic rather than being like, Oh yeah, the guy is in phenomenal shape. He's like, he's in good shape. He's not in great shape yet, but he's in good shape, which I think speaks to kind of that notion of like, accountability and we are going to praise you when you do things well, but we're not necessarily going to go overboard when we're still in the process of trying to get something figured out. So I thought that was interesting. And that, that, I think you saw the, again, the the bones of that. Um, And I think, you know, particularly with having Norm signed on for five years and getting Larry Nance Jr., you have right there, two more guys who are more dynamic, aggressive, Defensive players in terms of creating steals, in terms Mm -hmm. of switching, in terms of getting into the passing lanes, and so I I do think that they're better prepared from a personnel perspective to play that way now than they were before, and you know I'm looking forward to seeing that. And again, when when you're starting out with the Warriors, especially like that's that's going to be a tough road to hoe for a new defense because just the I mean they know exactly what they're doing, and again a team that has the Carte Blanche to shoot basically any shot that they want, and in a preseason when you're rotating guys in and out, you're not playing your best players more than half the game, anyways. It it gets away from you a little bit, but like again, you saw the idea of what it what they want it to be, and again, you you wouldn't say after a first game that like it was good, but you know it's different, and I think as of right now, different is good enough. You know, like it a week into camp, you know, one preseason game in, at least you're seeing some changes and you hope that those changes will eventually work out and be be quality changes. But I I would say, particularly after the past couple seasons, like someone who watches every game. And I know Mike, you do as well. And fans out there do as well. Like at least it's not stagnant anymore. You know, something is different. And while you want that to result in wins, even from a viewing perspective, it's like, well, I mean, at least it's something I haven't seen 82 games a year. And that in and of
0: itself, like has some value. Yeah, there's probably some engaging part of just for the guys just to be like, hey, the ask is different, you know, um, I, it's hard to maybe quantify that but like, just saying like, hey, there's a, you know, we've got an, we've got a different plan, you've got a different, like, it's not just keep guys in front or whatever it's like you got to help you got to come over early and you got to scramble back like, one of the things that kind of got caught in. Uh, rotation a bunch and, and like just scrambling around and not catching people. The Warriors took 36 threes in the first half. Like with the starters in the game, they took a game's worth of three-pointers in 24 minutes. Pretty fun, honestly. Um, uh, Jordan Poole gets to shoot a lot. Good for him. Um, he's He's been given a chance to shoot every time he gets the ball, and he will, he will gladly take it that three that he stepped into from like three feet back that was like
1: as soon as he like you can even tell like on his approach like it was like it's cash like you know i I don't know if you know which one i'm talking about but it was like yeah Yeah. exactly and i was like he's got
0: that yeah like that's uh yeah he's gonna be a player Uh, yeah they they let him shoot a bunch when they sucked remember that game this is kind of an aside but you remember the game (laughs) when he um when him and Dame like got into it, like right before half. Yeah, yeah. And and the the Blazers lost. It was like a nightmare game. They lost to like a really bad Warriors. But it's like Jordan Poole was making mid-range jumpers and just talking cash shit to Dame. They were like jawing going into the locker room in a way that you don't really see Dame do. And I was like, well, Jordan Poole's got a little stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And was that the game too, that Toscano and Gary Trent Jr. got into it?
1: Yes, yes. And then I, because, and like, I know Dame knows Toscano because they're both Oakland guys. And I remember him being like, you know i had to kind of cool gary out a little bit but also gary was like he was the same thing like he's talking catch shit and it's like okay guys let's do it
0: yeah no so like i guess jordan pool taking like stepping into 35 footers has been uh, three years in the making but it's i mean that's obviously like a dip sort of unique challenge for this blazers team um like i think the i think the hard thing for them is just um There's some scheme stuff for sure. That'll be hard, but I think it's the, um, how much can, how much can energy can they exert scrambling and recovering and still be an elite ball movement offensive team? Like there's a give and take there. And I think that's, I'm curious to see what that looks like. Um, because like you said, it's a big ask from Nurk, but then also they want him getting paint touches. They want him touching the ball a whole bunch. They want all it's like, um, this is a team that is, there's just there's a lot more on the table there's more stuff from everybody this year and i'm, I'm super curious of what what all the more is because i think that like you've said it like the changes is, is a valuable in and of itself um but there's a lot there are a lot of wrinkles to this challenge um there are a lot of wrinkles to this challenge for sure um let's come back in the third segment and a couple new couple other news and notes from our first exhibition game and then i'm gonna make you put make some predictions or something difficult just because i oh, got you here i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna make you put your name on something uh that's what we'll do here in the third segment but first let's talk about bill bar the best tasting protein bar that there is look bill bar comes in a bunch of different flavors so there is there is something for anybody's palate, no matter what it is. If you're a heavy chocolate person, you can go get the double chocolate or uh, or the cookies and cream, a personal favorite of mine. If you're into the fruity flavors, you can get things like uh, raspberry or strawberry or orange. If if you want mint brownie a little to mix it up, that's available for you too. But it's not just that you'll find something for, for whatever your taste buds are. They also pack a punch. Peep the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs at the most. Listen, all tasty, all healthy. Don't go looking for a better protein bar. You're not going to find one. Instead, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Listen, it's football season. It's time to, if you want to bet on football, things that are happening on the gridiron, it's time. We're almost, this show is 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 right up against football weekend. Uh, if you listen to this right when the show comes out, it's Thursday Night Football. If you're listening to it a little bit later, it's college football on Friday night or college football on Saturday or a full NFL Sunday ahead of you. So if, if you want to get on the action where there's odds on every games, props like props on every games, live betting on games, contests throughout the weekend, There's no better place to do it than betonline.ag, your number one source for betting on all things football this season. And if you sign up right now using the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means for first-time customers, they will give you a 50% welcome bonus. A $200 deposit becomes a $300 deposit with this promo code LOCKEDON. So you don't have to bet on football. The promo code works for, for whatever it is whatever deposit you want to make. If you want to bet on basketball, the WNBA playoffs, you want to bet on baseball, the MLB playoffs happening right now, or do you want to play your favorite Vegas casino games? It's all available there at betonline.ag. So go take advantage of this offer. It's bet online where sports start. Still a pass for a point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still chatting here with Casey Hollow of trailblazers.com and the co-host of Blazers balcony available wherever you get podcasts. So we talked about the defense. We talked about Avery Simons. Um, you know, Nazir Little didn't look good. We don't need to belabor that. One game. <laughs> At least he, he was bad. out
1: there, like excited. Yeah. You know, like in that. I, I'm really curious to see what the second game looks like for Nazir because Absolutely. you can just tell that like he was he was just too keyed up for preseason game. Yeah, which he, you know,
0: like he wanted to be great. That's good. He wanted yeah. to be great, and it turned into five turnovers. Um, yeah. And if he just, he just has to dial it back, and I think that's um, you know, some of it is is. Decision making has been a problem for him. It's um he's he's got the physical gifts, it's just like how to use them. Um, but I'm not. I will say Nazir looked bad. Let's play, let's let him play another game. I think that's as simple. What were your other impressions? Uh, like before Cody Zeller broke his nose and the little bit we saw of Larry Nance Jr., what do you think of the new guys? Uh,
1: I thought they all looked I thought they all provided something. I I uh I thought that you know Zeller, you <laughs> you can see a fairly stark difference in the way that he plays compared to the way Ennis played. And I think that, you know, some positive, some positive things there. And I was probably higher on Ennis than a lot of people were, but just the, the notion of having a heady defensive presence in the paint. That's not, again, that's not going to like, he's obviously not going to block a ton of shots. He's not going to be racing out to the perimeter, but like, I, I think you saw exactly what you wanted to see from your backup big, until you know
0: he
1: <laughs> rearranged happy, his nose the day before happy his birthday, birthday
0: cody jesus yeah
1: like to the guy who was like man this injury prone guy i was like come on man like give me your nose broken is an injury but it's not like you get your nose broken in an nba game you know walking out of the tunnel oh, so man. like that, that and that, iggy that's he felt no
0: so thing. bad or i don't think he doesn't like iggy so I apologize andre uh, but he like put he put his hands up to like oh oh got him i got him really good but you notice he didn't like look at him or anything it was
1: more he was like i I, like one of those things where it's like i felt your nose break on my elbow and i'm more reacting to that weird feeling than your nose being broken which yeah Again, and it's you, like, you play NBA for that long. You
0: you're gonna break a guy's nose. It happens. Yeah, I'm sure it's not the first time it's happened. And it's like he was like, "Is he really mad? Because I'll I'll like I'll I'm I'm gonna be like defend my actions if he's mad. Oh, he's not mad. He's just really hurt. Okay, I'll leave. Like, All right, sounds um, good. And Zeller wasn't mad. You could tell he's just frustrated. Oh, like yeah. he, he just he was bleeding and he like looks at the court and he's like, "You got to you got to be kidding me." Um, yeah, yeah, like there's like,
1: dent in that too. Like I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but he posted like a a photo uh, on live and it was like. Yeah, that's that's the curvature of Andre <laughs> Iguodala's elbow is right in the bridge of that dude's nose, right there. So. Oh
0: no! Oh no! But yeah, I, I think I, he's I think he's gonna be solid. I I, I, like I, it. Too. I'm, a, I I'm a Cody uh, Zeller believer.
1: Absolutely, and, and I think you know, I, I think the Blazers actually getting some more quality players on vet minimum contracts I think is a it's a pretty important thing for this. Totally. Team, you know, I, you know, like, people
0: made fun of Neil Olshay for that, and um. I am, uh, listen, this, if y'all listen to this podcast, you know that this is a space where we are happy to be mean to Neil Olshay when he deserves it, but he's right. He was right. Like getting, getting Cody Zeller on a minimum is, um, uh, is a, is a boon for the franchise. And if for long-time listeners, you will know this is another callback to Neil's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I- a,
0: a very unpopular segment here. Where we talk <laughs> about Neil Olshay being corrected about stuff, but like that's, I thought Cody Zeller was going to be like a mid-level guy. Getting him on the minimum is, is, is good business.
1: You you can't argue against it really. I mean, like, again, you can, the only argument for that is like, I wish we'd gotten this guy, which is like, yeah. Okay. Sure. But like that's separate from, but you got this guy, like whether or not this guy is, is, was a good signing or a good trade or not is not necessarily the same as, yeah, I wanted to see a blockbuster. That doesn't totally. necessarily mean that this is not a good move. It's just not maybe what you yeah, want yeah. to see. Yeah, Co- like, those Cody are two Zeller different not, things.
0: Yeah, Cody Zeller not being an all star is true. Cody Zeller being pretty solid, also true, independent of one another. Uh, Larry Hands didn't do much, like box yeah, I, I, but Yeah, I, I feel you think like about him. I, I mean, I I'm
1: really high on on Larry, and you know, I I thought you're you're exactly right. Like I I didn't didn't see a ton out of it. Obviously, um, I also think that you know, he's a guy who's really going to benefit from playing with Damien and CJ and, you know, an entire second half, both those guys sitting doesn't really give you an opportunity to see that a whole lot. Right. And since he's coming in on the second unit, you know, there there's, and you're only playing a half, like you're only really seeing maybe like seven or eight minutes of, yeah. of that we, pairing, which, you know, very little, we'll, we'll get there. But I mean, I, I think you saw what you wanted to see um, a, a guy who's, in, who's engaged on the defensive end, who who positionally and, and from a rotations perspective knows what he's supposed to be doing. And, and maybe maybe so much, maybe a, a bit more than kind of some of the other guys on the team. And so I think maybe there's maybe some catching up that they need to do to kind of get to, to Larry's level. But um, yeah, I, I, again, like, I, I don't know that I'd, I'd make any kind of strong declarations about it, but I mean, I, I feel like you saw what you wanted to see. And yeah. I think you, again, I, I would say that entire game was like, you saw the bones of, of a better team. And I think with with Larry, you know, like I would have liked to have seen him play more with with that first unit or kind of with, with parts of the first unit.
0: Totally. Uh,
1: I'm really curious to see what they're going to do in their closing lineup. Yep. Uh, and obviously you don't see any of, the, any of that kind of stuff in a preseason game. But, yeah,
0: I asked Chauncey um, about that, like if he was going to do like a full on dress rehearsal and he said, I'm not there yet, which I think was honest. Like he's like, I haven't, I just haven't made a decision. Like this, like he's, first of all, he doesn't know who I am. <laughs> Literally the first time I've inter- inter- interacted with him. So he's not going to be like, Mike, I'll tell you. Uh, he's <laughs> like, he's like, good question. I don't know. But he was like, I, I'm just not there yet, which I think is honest. Like I haven't made the decision, but I also think it's like, he's like, eh, like, we don't we don't need we don't need to like we don't need to maybe like we can we can see all the parts and then put it together um so i i'm not sure that we'll see anything that resembles a real game in in the exhibition season uh also i don't think that Damon lord and cj mccallum need to play 36 minutes in a game that doesn't count um i'm against it (laughs) i'm just i'm just gonna say like i don't think it's worthwhile maybe play a whole first half like you would like here's our nine-man rotation here's exactly where the subs work so when you talk to guys, you say this is how it works, but like um, what they do with Larry in the fourth quarter, they don't need to show in the second quarter.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and to that point as well, it's like you got Cody Zeller with a broken nose. You got Norm who has some kind of maybe small hip thing. Tony Snell, I don't think is, I don't know if Tony Snell's in
0: practice. He hasn't yet. Yeah, I know.
1: And you want to make sure that you get a 48 minute preseason game in like, yeah, no, it's like, we need to, we need to get this team healthy to the, finish line of the preseason and that's really kind of what the goal is
0: um what what do you think they do in the closing lineup what do you think they do like what are your what are like boy i I guess let me let me ask it more pointedly do you think nurk is on the floor at the end of the games
1: that's that's the question that that really is the crux of the issue um and i would say yes because i mean one i i do think that he gives you something that the other guys on the roster
0: don't he's 300 pounds
1: He's exactly, he's a, he's a big dude.
0: The gigantic dude. person. It and helps.
1: who, you know, if Nurk was just a straight up, like, give him the ball and he's going to be looking around and trying to fucking hook it in, then, oh, sorry about that. Then, uh, you know, maybe not. But like the fact that he can play make as well, I, I think makes you feel better about it. And there's also just the notion too, that like Nurk is in a contract year. Yusuf Nurkic is Yusuf Nurkic. And if he's sitting on the bench at the end of games, I don't know. I, it, I don't know that that really I mean, I,
0: I, I think that one of the biggest challenges of this year is that everybody has been promised and expects more. Nurk expects Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Norm expects more. Amphrey Simons expects more. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. is here to help and play. It's like uh, and and Damon, CJ don't want to do less. It's it's like this is the challenge. This is a really hard part about the about what this year is going to be. Is that like uh, there are times when maybe going small to end the game with. I want to see Larry Nance play five like that. Yeah, I'm
1: right there with you too. Like my thing is like, yeah, Roko and Larry Nance at the four or five in the closing lineup with Norm Dame and CJ against other small lineups.
0: I that's mean, the most intriguing lineup. I, I they want, have.
1: I, yeah how how can you not get to that at some point?
0: Yeah, that's the most intriguing lineup they have, and I, I bet we'll see it. It's just like will we see it to close games when you need to? And like you said, like if if you need to stay big and if you need to stay big for political reasons to keep da- to keep use of Nurka Tappy, and that's life in the league, um, particularly during the regular season, it's very yeah. different in the playoffs, particularly during the regular season, they play 80 games. Um, you, you need to win 47 of them to be in, involved in the, in the second part of the season. So like you, you, at some point you kind of just have to, you've got to massage the egos. You got to figure it out. There's a politics here um, for sure. But I wonder kind of, I'm curious what it, I'm curious what they do because I, I want to see what the the best group looks like. And I don't think you, you know, it's the best group might not include NERC. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I guess one caveat to that would be that like, if NERC isn't riddled with fouls at the end of a game, then he must be probably doing something right defensively. Right.
0: right, And if that's
1: the case, then it's like, well, we got to have him out there then totally. right? because like if he's holding up his end and if he's able to defend without fouling and is doing a good job of it, then you get to the fourth quarter. If he's done what he's supposed to do in the first three quarters, like I think it's at least initially. And I mean, to your point, like, you know, they're everyone wants to play. Like if you get to that point, it's almost like, well, he should be out there because he's not in foul trouble, which must mean he's playing some decent defense. Exactly. Like, it's almost like it's kind of a, one kind yeah, of, yeah 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 snake other, eating its tail yeah like
0: he'll play he'll play because he'll play if he's available to play it's because he's playing well yeah um i'm with it yeah I, i'm really curious to see nance at the five i want to see it um we didn't see it at all uh I, I i will say this playing big helps <laughs> uh you're a better defensive team with more tall players that's just math uh, particularly in the regular season it might change in the playoffs but regular season always having a seven footer on the court is valuable um so playing a traditional center all the time helps, but I want to see them go small. I want to see that. I want to see it change up. Um, all right. I, I said, I'd make you uh, make some predictions. What is uh, I've been doing these season previews with like sort of best case, worst case scenarios. I won't make you go worst case scenario. Cause the worst case scenario is, is something is a bummer. It's like, it's like they don't get to play after the, and, and game. as
1: a, as a confirmed cynic too. my worst case scenario is always like, it could go the, real bad. The team moves. Like, to I'm a worst case, worst case scenario kind of guy. Yeah.
0: yeah the team moves. It's like relocated to Kansas City. Uh, it's...
1: <laughs> I was gonna say Seattle wouldn't even be the worst case, right? Yeah. Like in Kansas City, it would be more like it or like yeah. Tulsa or something like yeah. that. We'll okay. lose lose another Northwest team to Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Norman. Um, What's the best case scenario for this team? Like, what is their what? What do you see their sort of like ceiling? You can say realistic ceiling because I guess the best case scenario yeah. is like ch- championship parade. But like, what's your realistic ceiling if if things go right for this team? What do you think they could be?
1: I, I think realistic ceiling is everyone stays healthy or majority healthy for right. the entire season. Um, you know, the defense at least works its way to average the offense stays just as good as it's always been, or maybe even kind of takes a tick up because maybe you have, maybe it's a little more dynamic. Maybe there's a more ball movement. So for me, I would say like a realistic best case would be like top four in the West. Yeah. I would say. And that, you know, I, it's, it's kind of hard to say because there is so much talent in the West, but I mean, I I think obviously after,
0: you know, you got the Lakers. I think, I think the Lakers are healthy. Phoenix is going to be really good in the regular Phoenix season. Be good. Yeah. Uh, Utah's regular season beast. They might be a problem in the playoffs because they're perimeter defense, but they're a beast in the regular season. Um, like, I think those three teams are better. I'm not sure anyone else in the West you can sit here and say is better than the Blazers. Yeah, and if, could, Kawhi, if
1: Kawhi was healthy today, it's probably hard Clippers, to spot him in above sure. the Clippers. But, you know, with, with him being out, yeah, I would say that that fourth spot, like, I wouldn't say it's up for grabs, but I think it's a realistically feasible best case.
0: Yeah, I think the Blazers are in that same sort of Whatever the Clippers are, they're a mystery. Uh, The current state of the Denver Nuggets before Jamal Murray gets back, the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. I think all those teams are kind of in the four-ish range. Unfortunately, the math suggests that that one of those teams is also eighth, um, which, good luck um you know it's uh the west is just going to be brutal like it's it's just so 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 good if you think new orleans got better that's a nightmare i'm maybe i'm maybe a hater but um too many duke guys (laughs)
1: yeah i'm i'm not buying the pelicans just yet either like Uh, i'm a Willie green
0: guy i like Willie green he seems nice yeah he seems cool um but like um you know too many duke guys you kind of diversify your bonds as they say uh shout out to wu-tank financial michael yeah (laughs)
1: Say speaking of way, yeah yeah that sweatshirt there is really a uh,
0: there you go that's the Wu yeah um, exactly actually uh somewhere on this somewhere back here behind me is a Wu Tang uh, record but uh yeah I, I think I think fourth is reasonable I, I think this is a team that if everything goes right there in the Western Conference Finals yeah. um it, it's that's everything going right it's hard and the West, and like we just said like the West is going to be tough but I but like they were the way the season ended it felt like this team sucked. And if you look back, it's like they weren't, they had, they were just kind of okay. They were a solid team in a very competitive West. They just missed out on the fifth seed and they played terrible in the couple of playoff games. Uh, it's,
1: and it really just kind of felt like towards the end there, it was like you almost kind of knew what was coming. And it seems like it's like it's hard to play your best and to be your best when everyone can kind of see this thing as. is yeah. moving in a direction. So, yeah. like again, I and I agree. Like, obviously, the way the playoffs ended last year was miserable, um, but they were a fairly good team. Yeah, that played god awful defense. So, yeah. like a, again, if you can just even assume some marginal improvements.
0: Yeah, if they're, like, if they're it, 19th, it's not hard to see them there. Yeah. yeah, if they're like, if they're a below average defense, like say they're bottom twelve in the league, like eighteenth or something, they're going to be really freaking good. Yeah, if they're an above better. average defense, they're going to be a problem. Um you know we're we're one game into the experiment. I don't know if they look like an above average <laughs> defense yet, but like you can like you said you, you you saw the bones of a team that's getting better. Um the problem is a bunch of freaking good teams in the West. Yeah, um, which... you're
1: not you're not getting a whole lot of nights to kind of work through it or figure yeah, it out. Exactly. Like no
0: one's no one's going to feel sorry for you if it's uh, if it's a challenge because they are also experiencing this challenge. So uh, it should be a lot of fun, Casey. If people are looking for more of your stuff, where can they find it? Uh dot com, dot
1: net. You can follow me on Twitter, though I wouldn't necessarily recommend it at Seahold. Uh, Instagram Casey Holdall. And uh, yeah, give us a, a subscribe to the, the Blazers Balcony, myself, Brooke Olsendam, uh, new episodes, hopefully every week. And I wanted to say that, you know, I used to bust Mike's shops a bit, you know, back when uh, when he was working for the O and I was doing the podcast with Joe and, you know, Mike had his podcast. And, you know, I, I would kind of i needle Mike every now and then about, you know, the quality of our podcast and how it was more popular than his podcast. And now I, I, I have to say. Mike does have the best blazer podcast out right now. And, hey, hey uh, thank you, Casey. And I, I mean, you know, that that's, that's not me just patting him on the back and thanking him for having me on a show. I mean, I, I really think you do Mike. And so after, after again, after, after giving you a hard time, all those years, me sitting in front of you on media, on press row and kind of making comments, you know, up to the, to the balcony. It's come full circle. And now you're the top dog and, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to catch you now. So hey, uh, congratulations, I, I, Mike. I
0: appreciate it. I'm going to, I'm going to text, uh, f- my friend chuck after this and tell him that he blew it exactly yeah <laughs>
1: if, if he could have just stuck it out a little bit longer he could have been at the top of the blazer podcast game.
0: oh no he's the, he's moved on i mean he was never a media professional but he's moved on to bigger and better things in his life uh shout out to to charles Smart if you're man. listening this deep in the podcast uh you know hey you could still get back well i'll have you back on i don't care <laughs> uh dear listeners listen um you know, Casey gave about as good a promo as I could possibly ask for, so he's gonna have to come back on the pod for more, uh, more, uh, you know, more praise because we always love it here. But do me a favor, if you're this deep into the episode, you like what you heard, so subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to get to a thousand subs by Halloween. You could be in the first 500. Get in there today. You could be the first 500. Um, tell your friends about this podcast. They can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Uh, Just search Locked On Blazers. We will be there waiting for you. Close out the week with another player preview. We're talking all things Anthony Simons. Like I said, make sure you're following Casey on all the socials and reading his work work at trailblazers.com. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.